What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance Podcast. Today, we're recording episode number 72. Man, I can't believe it's already almost the end of February. Um, I remember for the new year, I was like, I just don't want this year to fly by. And here it is. Uh, we're not even two months in. I feel like it was yesterday. But that's what happens. You know, you, you get busy. Um, kid, keeping me busy. Work, keeping me busy. Um, it's fun to finally sit down and set some time aside to record this podcast. Uh, this episode, I want to talk about IRAs, really digging into traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. Uh, and this is fresh on my mind as I helped uh, uh, my parents uh, take a little bit of a tax break and, and setting them up with traditional IRAs. But I want to explain uh, the difference was between the two IRAs, when it's beneficial to invest in one versus the other. I feel like this is a very popular question I get on the YouTube channel. But before we jump into today's topic, um, something else that's fresh on my mind is taxes. I just filed my 2022 taxes last weekend. And um, bad news to report on the income front. Uh, this year, or last year, 2022, as a household... Our adjusted income was $75,000. That's an all-time low. Um, since probably 2012, 2013, just when I finished college and started working, that was a 54, 55,000 was our income back then while my wife was in school. And then uh, obviously when she graduated, we both worked full-time jobs, quickly jumped over 100,000, and it stayed there for a long time. Last year, we're, we dipped. Uh, under a hundred thousand, and now we're at seventy-five. So, bad news for twenty twenty-two. I knew I had an income problem. That's uh, part of the reason I'm back at work now. So, hopefully, in twenty twenty-three, we're gonna get back. We should easily get back over that hundred k threshold. Uh, but one thing that's interesting is we're filing our taxes and kind of looking at all the uh, investment stuff we've been doing um, with a seventy-five thousand dollar income. We Maxed out two Roth IRAs at 12K total, 10K to the 401K, 5K to the HSA, and another 3K to the 529. So if you're keeping track at home, that's $30,000 invested in 2022 with an income of just 75000 So that's a, a savings rate of 40%. And I'm really proud of that. And that's some of the things that I think I need to talk more about is when you get out of debt and you, and in our case, we're not a hundred percent debt free. We have our mortgage, but outside of the mortgage, which is on a 15 year fixed, uh, which will be gone here in the next, uh, 13 and a half years. When you have no other payments, you get to have these high savings rate, even on smaller incomes. Um, if I had a bunch of debt, 75000 would not go a very long way. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'd probably be living to pay paycheck to paycheck. But because we don't have any debt, we're able to invest 40% of our income even when 75000 So I just wanted to highlight that for those of you that are out there struggling to have a high savings rate. And some people are struggling just to uh, max out Roth IRAs or put any money in their 401ks. Uh, I would challenge you to look at your debt. That could be, um, especially if you have a low income, that could be one of those things that money's flying out the door to 
satisfy those debt payments and that's why you don't have any money left over to invest so uh, i'm a huge advocate of becoming debt free does free up a lot a lot of your income and when your income's freed up uh, you could choose to do whatever you want with it now if you watch my recent youtube video about me talking about being broke um because we've paid off the debt i've allocated it to investments so it's kind of like i'm still in debt but it's except I'm investing. So yes, I'm still broke. I'm not uh, having thousands of dollars at the end of the month to to splurge on, but that's okay. I think that keeps me uh, focused. It keeps me hungry. And uh, in 2023, we will have a little bit more of that disposable income um, once we jump over the 100K threshold. Granted, probably a lot of that disposable income will go to investments. But again, uh, there are some uh, uh, goals that we've set things bigger purchases we want to make like the rv that we've been putting money away for so it's not just all work there will be some play in 2023 and sprinkling probably a few vacations much needed vacations uh we haven't gone on a, a really good vacation since last uh november when we're in california so we're due for one <laughs> every uh, couple of months we like to at least get away even if it's just for the weekend we got to get away somewhere right because you just get a little bit crazy just uh, being at home. But yeah, that's it on the uh, on the income front. Let's go ahead and talk about these IRAs. Um, an interesting topic. Uh, let's dig into first the basics and then uh, we'll kind of uh, discuss the pros and cons of each. But an IRA is simply an ind- individual retirement account. So the government says not everybody qualifies for a work uh, savings uh, retirement plan. Uh, some some of you might work for employers that uh, are so small they don't offer it. Some of you um, might have really bad 401k plans. So what's nice is you can, no matter where you work, as long as you have earned income, you can open up an IRA in the United States. And with that IRA, you have two choices. You have a traditional, which is the pre-tax option. And what that simply means is you take money from earned income and you put it in there and you get a tax break on the front end of it. So uh, a good example, let's say our income 75,000. We each maxed out a traditional IRA instead of our Roths. We would then have a $12,000 deduction off our income, uh, which would obviously bring our, um, our tax due much lower because we would have a tax break on that. In there, it would grow tax-deferred, so all the money that's in there that's earning dividends, that's compounding, you don't pay any taxes on it until one of two scenarios. Either you reach the retirement age and you start pulling from that account, then whatever you pull out will have taxes due at whatever your ordinary income tax rate is at that point. So the idea behind the traditional IRA is for folks who, one, don't have a uh, employer-sponsored 401k or don't invest in one, uh, they get to take the tax write-off. They're typically higher-income earners. They take the tax write-off in the front end, like I just helped set up with my parents. Uh, They each were able to contribute $7,000 to their uh, traditional IRAs, which combined was fourteen, but it saved them $5,000 off their tax bill. And they have their high income earners now. The idea is in retirement, they're not going to be making this income. 
it's going to be substantially less, which will bump them down from the 28 or 30% tax bracket they're in. It'll bump them down to the 12% tax bracket. And at the 12% tax bracket, it's much more uh, manageable for them then to pull, say, 100K out, owe 12000 in taxes and live off the 88 um, versus um, having a much, much higher tax bill now. Now, there is a, a, a way that they can still contribute to a Roth IRA, a backdoor Roth IRA option, which would uh, mean they lose the tax break today, but then they their money grows tax-free, which is something we considered as well. Um, but uh, based off the advice of, of their CPA, the traditional IRA was the better option, saved them more uh, now in their higher income uh, years, which which I agree with. It makes sense. Uh, there is a time where it, it makes sense, and in their case, it, it made sense. Now, again, they also have the option when their uh, income is much less to do Roth conversions and uh, all a little more of a complex strategy. But the gist of it is you take the tax break now and it's a double tax advantage. You take the tax break and your money is growing tax deferred, meaning uh, you're not paying any any um, taxes on the on those dividends or on that growth until you pull it out. Another downside of a traditional outside of the fact that you have to pay taxes when you pull it out is the RMDs. So RMDs stand for required minimum distributions. And I believe this year, uh, the IRS might have raised it to 73 and a half is uh, when they force you to take some money out. Uh, what all that is, there, there's a table to calculate how much you have to take out, but it's the minimum that you would have to withdraw from your traditional IRA every year. And it starts, like I said, at 73 and a half. Um, it's basically the government saying, hey, it's time to pay me and I want my money. So they force you to do that uh, with the Roth IRA. There is no RMD. So Roth IRAs are really good for uh, passing money uh, from generation to generation and also um, basically playing around with your income in retirement, which I'll get a little bit more into in, in depth with that once I discuss Roth IRAs. So that's the traditional IRA. Um, you can open up a traditional IRA with any of the big brokerage houses, Vanguard, Fidelity, Charles Schwab. They're all great. And um, what's also nice with an IRA that you sometimes don't have uh, the same benefit of, of a 401k is usually you have a broad range of investment options. And sometimes that's a bad thing, right? I, I, sometimes people invest in the wrong thing when they're giving too many choices. But in all three of those uh, brokerages that I, that I mentioned, they all have low-cost, broadly diversified index funds. So you can set up a index strategy and chances are whatever brokerage you use, they're going to have low cost options to, to invest. And, and that's a great thing. Another great thing with, with the IRA is when you switch jobs, you don't switch IRAs. Those are tied to you, the individual, not to your employer. So you can work for any employer. As long as you have earned income, you can continue to uh, contribute to your IRA. Let's talk about the Roth option. The Roth option is something me and my wife utilize. Um, on the flip side, me and my wife are on the 12% tax bracket. So we don't pay that much in taxes. And uh, we figured, well, it makes more sense to take the tax hit on our income now and tie that up in the Roth IRA and have it grow tax-free. 
right? And the reason it's double tax advantage is it, you do pay taxes on the front end, so there's no advantage to having a Roth IRA on the front end, but it grows tax-free. And when you go pull it out, you don't pay any taxes on it. That's where the double uh, tax advantage comes in with the Roth IRA. Anybody that is uh, in, in the 12% tax bracket easily qualifies for a Roth IRA. Um, once your income starts getting up, uh, if you're a married household, uh, I think it's 208. They might have raised it to 215, but somewhere around there is when then the, um, the the threshold is hit where you no longer qualify uh, directly for a Roth IRA. You might have to do the backdoor option, which again, if if you're younger, I think it would make more sense to do the backdoor uh, Roth option because then you you have a long runway of 30 plus years or 25 plus years of that tax-free growth uh, versus if you're older, you don't have much of a, a, of a runway as far as how much uh, you can uh, benefit from tax-free growth. So it might make more sense to, to do the traditional IRA if you get to write off five or 6K from your taxes. And then in that short runway, it still grows tax-deferred, so you're still not on the hook for the taxes until you decide to pull it out. Now, one thing that I want to mention is, as far as the superiority, which account is better, nine times out of 10, the Roth IRA is better. And the reason it's better is you can have a million dollars in a traditional IRA, and you can have a million dollars in a Roth IRA. At the end, in the traditional, depending on your income, you might only have 750000 or you might only have 850000 You don't have the full million. Um, it's very um, advantageous that if you're, if you're able to put in 6K into the R, and this is the big if, right? Uh, the idea is with the traditional, you get to technically put in more money if not in the IRA, but in, in like a 401k because it's, it's growing or it's coming in, uh, before your taxes. So let's say if you have a, uh, 401k traditional, uh, setup and you put in 15%, well, that 15% is going to be much higher than if you had a, a Roth 401k at 15% because that 15% is coming in after tax, right? So they're two different amounts. So yes, you get to, with the traditional, you get to invest more upfront. That doesn't so much count for IRAs because those are set at their limits. So whether you put in 6K in a traditional or 6K in a Roth, technically you're only still putting in 6K, uh, not a percentage. But that's one thing I do want to mention for people who are using 401Ks and have a traditional and a, four, and a Roth option there, uh, and you're setting your contributions based off percentages. Uh, if you, if you, it takes a lot less uh, money up front to invest in a traditional 401k at 15% than a Roth 401k because of the fact that uh, pre-tax money is just much higher when you're putting in the Roth, you're putting in after-tax dollars, which means way, way more money needs to come out of your paycheck to, to suffice that. So in the end, yes, the Roth IRA wins for majority of people, myself, my wife included, um, but not for everybody. And, and there are strategies that you can save a good chunk on taxes up front and enjoy that tax deferred growth uh, like my parents will for the next uh, seven to 10 years, possibly before then they uh, 
retire and then they'll make the decision. And, and that decision is cool because once you hit that retirement age and your income goes down, you then have a lot more options and you get to play around with your income in retirement. Um, I currently have a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. The traditional is not one that I contribute to, but um, from previous employers, I've had um, matches that I've obviously put in the traditional. And as I've rolled those over, as I left those employers, I've got a traditional IRA now sitting at 11000 almost 12000 and a Roth IRA sitting at almost 40000 And in retirement, let's say these are worth a million and 250,000. Well, if my income is uh, getting pretty high in retirement, I can just pull from the Roth IRA and leave the traditional alone for that year. And if the following year my income dips, well, then I can pull more from the traditional uh, and, and less from the Roth to kind of negate that income. And pay less in taxes. So you do have the option if you do have both or if you uh, have a traditional 401k, but you also have a Roth IRA on the side. And then once you uh, leave your employer and you turn that into a rollover traditional IRA, just keep that in mind. You you can do a Roth conversion right away and move that into a Roth IRA, which would be great. You get to uh, grow your money tax free, but you would owe the tax bill on that. Make sure you have out-of-pocket funds to cover that. Uh, but if you decide to keep both, and I, I'm a huge uh, fan of having options, right? As, and in retirement, we it's hard to predict when something like retirement is 30 years out. It's hard to predict what our income is going to be. Um, so I, I would like to have that option where if my income's on the lower end, I get to play with the traditional IRA to uh, pull out as much as I can at the lowest possible tax rate. And if it does end up being a little bit higher, then I can play with a Roth IRA out, uh, and, and basically continue to pull money out uh, without having a big tax burden or tax hit. And I'm curious uh, as far as what people out there think about traditional IRAs because I think they have um, a negative uh, stigma behind them or people think that um, – they're not great accounts. Why not just put your money in a taxable, right? Uh, because in a taxable, you have to pay taxes on capital gains. And in your um, traditional IRAs, you're going to have to pay ordinary income taxes on the whole amount, not just the gains, but on the whole amount. So I've heard some uh, people say, well, you know, there's no advantage there. Well, there is, right? There, You still, have, you still get the tax break in the beginning, which for a lot of high income earners is a big help. And then you actually get tax deferred growth. So you don't pay uh, any taxes on dividends, which in a taxable account you do, um, even if they're uh, qualified in a taxable account, depending on where your income is at, you're still paying 15% on dividends. And yes, while at a more favorable tax rate of 15% on long-term capital gains might be better than say a 22% ordinary income tax rate, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be in the 22% tax bracket. What if you're in the 12 or what if you're in the 10% tax bracket in retirement? Um, you still want to take advantage, right? So if if your choices are, are those two, taxable or traditional IRA, I would definitely encourage you to do traditional IRA. Um, uh, some other arguments are, well, you can't pull the money out whenever you want. In a taxable, I can whenever I want. 
Yes, but you don't really want to pull this money out. This is money you're setting aside to build your nest egg so that when you retire, you can retire with dignity. You can retire with your head held up high. You can be proud of what you built. Um, Chances are with a taxable, um, even in a taxable that's earmarked for retirement, as um, speaking from experience, I had a taxable account that I earmarked for early retirement, it's gone. It's at zero, right? It's easy to spend that money. It's just a sort of a, a flip of a switch and it goes from, oh, this is early retirement money to uh, this is a truck fund, emergency fund, uh, RV fund, um, European vacation fund. It's all kinds of funds, right? So keep that in mind. Um, there's something nice about uh, that barrier that a IRA has where it says, oh, you can't touch me can't touch me until you're 59 and a half, essentially 60 years old. Now, one other thing I want to mention, uh, and this actually came up in our Discord, uh, Conscious, uh, I think he was listening to, uh, oh gosh, forgot those two financial advisors, I forgot the name of their show, but he was listening to them and they started talking about, well, yes, you can use your Roth as an emergency fund. And that's true, you can. Uh, there is a provision, I hate to talk about this because I don't want people to know about this but there is such a thing that so if you've had a Roth IRA for five years or more all the contributions you made in there you can pull them out without any penalties without any taxes just the contributions not the gains but the contributions I would never want anybody to do this but if you were in a pinch you could if some kind of catastrophic life event happened you can use a Roth IRA like an emergency fund does that mean you should not have an emergency fund if you have a Roth IRA? Absolutely, you should have an emergency fund on top of your Roth IRA. Um, and probably under very dire circumstances would be the only way I would say you should pull money out of there. Because what happens is you've locked in this, you paid taxes on this, so you've locked in this cheat code of growing this money tax-free only then five or 10 years later to take it out of the market, have it stop working for you to cover something that you should have had an emergency fund to cover. So uh, there is that. I did want to me uh, mention that little nuance about Roth IRAs that makes them a little bit more special if they weren't already and a little more superior to traditional IRAs because you cannot do the same thing with a traditional IRA. Uh, anytime you pull money out of a traditional, you do owe taxes one and then uh, there is that penalty that's assessed for early withdrawal of uh, 10%. And the reason for that is the government gave you a tax break. They let you not pay income tax on that portion that you contributed. So consider that money that's locked away uh, uh, for good. And, and it should be that way with both, right? I, I think um, having that uh, provision with a Roth IRA, only teases people to 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 do those sorts of things just like uh, 401k loans right oh i'm just borrowing from myself i'm borrowing from my 401k and believe it or not people do it and that money stops working for them and then uh, they sometimes get into trouble where <laughs> they can't pay those loans back because uh obviously if you're borrowing from your 401k you're in some kind of dire need of money and uh, usually when when you need money the most, that's when you have it the least and uh, big problems happen. And um, just like that, you can wipe away your retirement savings because you wanted to do a home remodel or whatever you borrowed money for. So 
Uh, usually I say no. No to pulling out of the Roth. No to uh, 401k loans or anything like that. Anything that's um, a, a retirement account should strictly be there for when you need it in retirement and nothing else. And if you work uh, a financial plan that um, has um, a financial uh, order of operations or the baby steps, any plan that says do this, do this, do this, uh, those plans will all set you up so that you have an emergency fund, that you're out of debt, and that you are not dipping into your retirement savings by any means. Um, that should be like the last, last resort where it's bankruptcy or, or pulling out of retirement. Then, of course, sometimes that it's a tough decision that needs to be made. But thank you for uh, uh, tuning into episode 72 where I got to babble a little bit about retirement accounts, IRAs, one of my favorite topics. I think it's not talked about enough and it's very, 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 very important and there's a lot of stuff you can take advantage of. I briefly at the top mentioned uh, we put in 5K into our HSA. Uh, the HSA is designated as a health savings account. Uh, the, those, those people that qualify for that, like our, like we do, have a high deductible uh, medical insurance plan. So I think it needs to be 1500 for the individual or for a family plan of 3000 should be your deductible in order for you to qualify for one. Our deductible is 6000 so we easily qualify for it. And we get a benefit there where the employer puts in 700 bucks a year. And then on top of that, we put in 5K. I'm not quite maxing it out. Uh, what's neat about that, I mentioned the IRAs, the traditional and the Roth, as having double tax advantages. Um, the HSA has triple tax advantages, but it's not necessarily a retirement account, but can be used as such. And uh, for those folks that are kind of curious about that, if you do qualify for HSA, I'd highly encourage you to put some money in there um, because medical bills are expensive. And if you have a high deductible plan, uh, it means you're going out of pocket uh, three to six grand every year if you, if you go to the doctor, right? I had a, not a simple, I had a complex surgery, but... Uh, I had two surgeries last year, and I think uh, the bill was $156,000. We hit our deductible right away. We hit our max out-of-pocket, and I paid for that through the HSA and still uh, had money left over in there because we've been kind of overfunding it, uh, expecting uh, as we get older, you know, certain medical things will pop up. But what's interesting about the HSA is you put in pre-tax money like a traditional IRA, so you get the tax write-off. Um, and then if you use it for um, qualifying medical expenses, it uh, gets used tax-free, which is cool too because then you're essentially paying your medical bills with pre-tax money and you never owe taxes on that money. So you get the write-off in the beginning and you get to pull it out and use it uh, without paying any taxes. Now, some people are either very healthy or they have a separate uh, cash savings for their uh, medical bills, and they choose to treat their HSA like a third retirement account. And you can do this, and if you hold on to it long enough, what happens is it turns into a retirement account. Uh, so you get to put in pre-tax money. You get to have it grow uh, tax-free. 
uh, as long as you're not pulling it out uh, or if you're using it for qualified medical expenses. But then once you reach age 65 and let's say you're very healthy and you didn't want to pull all your money out of your HSA, even if you have Medicare, uh, well, I should say once you have Medicare, you have to stop funding your HSA, but you don't have to then sell everything out of your HSA. You can keep your HSA invested and it can be like a third retirement account that grows tax-free, which again, triple tax benefits there. Pre-tax money coming in, um, it grows tax-free and it's tax-free when you pull it out if you use it for qualified medical expenses or well, above the age of 65, you can pretty much uh, use it for past medical bills. If you have receipts, you can pull, say you wanna buy a $20,000 car, and you've been paying all your medical bills out of pocket, you pull 20000 out of your HSA and you say, well, I have all these receipts here over the last couple of years that add up to 20000 and uh, this is what I'm using this money for to pay these medical bills, even though you just use it to buy a new car tax-free. So there's a hack for you. Uh, a little more complex stuff there. I'm not going to get into into this podcast, but just wanted to give you some ideas about IRAs. There was one that I didn't touch on which is the SEP IRA for those of us that are self-employed like I was last year. Um, those have their benefits too. Um, if you're listening, I'm not going to get into a huge um, topic here on SEP IRAs. Most of us that are listening are probably W-2 employees, but you do have that option. You can do a Google search if you want to uh, learn more about SEPs, how to open them up. They're a little bit more complex, but not that much more uh, there's a little more record keeping that you got to do on your end. Um, a solo 401k option for self-employed uh, probably will be a better route too. Uh, well, that's it for episode 72. Thank you so much for tuning in on your way out. If you enjoy this podcast, uh, if you could leave me a rating and a review, give me a five star. If you got something nice to say, go ahead and put it in the comment section. And if you got nothing nice to say, the mama said, don't say nothing at all. I don't need your negative <laughs> comments, just the positive ones. All right. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, move obstacles, keep investing.